The Biden border crisis is an absolute humanitarian disaster. And Democrats don't care. Last year, 853 migrants died crossing illegally into this country. Alejandro Mayorkas didn't even know how many had died because he didn't care. When I brought 19 senators down to the border, we saw a man who had drowned floating in the Rio Grande. Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands upon thousands of children were brutalized and sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands of women were sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats do not give a damn. Last year, more than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses from Chinese fentanyl flooding across the southern border, and Democrats do not give a damn. Now, you may say, well, come on, that's harsh. They care. They care. Somewhere in their hearts, they care about all the people suffering and dying. Baloney. Because if they cared, they would stop it. If you cared about the children being raped at the border, you would say no more. When Joe Biden came in, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. He inherited success, and he deliberately broke it. U.S. Senator Ted Cruz is fired up, and rightfully so. The border chaos that's being led by the Biden regime right now has many of us on edge. Now, the Supreme Court ruling, which we've been discussing all week, allows Border Patrol agents to cut the razor wire that, you know, the state of Texas has implemented to stop these people from entering illegally. Now, as of right now, Border Patrol hasn't been able to cut the razor wire because the state of Texas has not allowed Border Patrol on these pieces of property that are around the Eagle Pass area. And so it's kind of a standoff right now, ultimately. It's all very interesting. Texas says they're holding their ground. AG Ken Paxson is also saying that they're going to hold their ground and are not going to give in to this. They're going to keep fighting to keep Texas secure, which is their constitutional right, and rightfully so. I want to bring in somebody who knows a lot about this issue, and his tweets lately have been very insightful. Let's bring in Executive Director of the Citizen for Renewing America, Wade Miller. Wade, thank you for joining us today. You have put out some great tweets on all of this. It's been very insightful. CRA has been working hard to also help Texas kind of push back. Uh, an amicus brief was filed in the Fifth Circuit. Can you please tell us for our audience who aren't attorneys what this means and what you guys are looking to do? Sure. And, and thanks for having me on the show. And I'm not an attorney, so if I, I think I can grasp it, I, I'm hoping that others will too. Uh, we've been working on this idea of a state declaring an invasion. Uh, so under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 of the United States Constitution, there exists basically a self-help uh, clause of the Constitution that says that if the federal government isn't upholding its Article 4, Section 4 uh, uh, duties to secure the states, uh, then governors have powers to then step in and do what they need to do to do so. And the language is, you know, to repel an invasion or uh, uh, prevent imminent harm. And I would certainly argue that, you know, cartels uh, fit. Um, Thomas Jefferson thought that this power enabled states to uh, combat smugglers. Sam Houston thought it uh, empowered the, the uh, state of Texas to combat cross-border Mexican bandits at one point in our history. So this power exists. Biden is not uh, actually using uh, his authority to secure the border. He's intentionally not. 
And so we would argue that this is in play. And so this is what we've been asking since we developed this legal theory a couple of years ago now, myself, Ken Cuccinelli, and, and some others developed this, this theory of, of how to, to get this done using a constitutional authority and to create this friction with the feds. That's now finally coming to fruition. And we were uh, you know, really happy to see Governor Abbott unequivocally say that what he's doing on the border is authorized under Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution. So he's invoking his authority. Uh, the Supreme Court has not yet litigated this. Uh, uh, the Fifth Circuit has not yet litigated this. Uh, and, and, but, but importantly, it matters, what are they doing with this authority? So right now, they're, they're putting up razor wire. And that deters, but it doesn't repel. And so migrants will just go around the wire or cut through it. And then once they're through, the state of Texas still processes them, um, turns them over to the feds, and then they get released into the interior. A new law will come into effect soon where Texas uh, will start arresting for criminal trespass, but there's not enough prison or jail space. So uh, that's not a permanent solution. Once those spots fill up, they'll again, turn them over and release them into the interior. The next step to this is we need Governor Abbott to actually take people who are illegally crossing between ports of entry and put them back across the river. And this is the important action that needs to take place. Once Governor Abbott does that, under an Article I constitutional authority, that precedent, if you win, changes the entire border situation forever. It means that it doesn't matter who the president is states can then take it upon themselves to lock down and secure their borders, protect their citizens. That's the precedent we need to get to. So Abbott is taking some strides towards that, applaud it, but it also needs to be legally defended. And so the Fifth Circuit filings by the state of Texas so far don't list this. They don't actually defend the constitutional argument. They're defending on other grounds. Uh, so we need the state of Texas, the attorney general's office, to expand the defense of, of Abbott's uh, actions to in, uh, encapsulate the Article One powers. Because if we can win this at the Fifth, Fifth Circuit, win it at the Supreme Court, border security, this will be the biggest border security win in the history of the country if we can get that done. Uh, it's a big deal. Uh, and that's why you're seeing so much... Uh, uh, agitation from both sides and moving forward here. And of course, the left is going to say this is rebellion. It's not rebellion. It's a constitutional authority that the governor's acting lawfully. Um, And then the other argument that you'll see out there is that, well, this is immigration law is kept is allowed only for the federal government. Well, maybe, maybe not. I, I disagree with it. But and you can litigate on those grounds. But a U.S. constitutional authority is superior to any immigration issue. So what we're arguing on the border right now is not immigration law. It's a constitutional authority. So we're not saying things like deport illegal uh, crossers. We're saying repel, uh, remove and repel, because deportation is an immigration law term. And we're not talking about immigration law. We're talking about a U.S. constitutional power. So there's a lot going on on the border, a lot of great developments, but we need to see more action from the governor and what we encourage him to do so. And we need to see more action from the state of Texas on defending it on, on those legal grounds. Yeah. I know a lot of us have been critical of governor Abbott regarding his response to all of this. Now it seems to be like he's stepping it up, but he's had three years so far. So it's refreshing to see. I I hope he does take the steps that you recommended. I want to talk about a tweet that came up earlier today. And I chuckled a little bit when I saw it, it came from 
Robert Francis O'Rourke, you might remember him as Beto O'Rourke. That's what he goes by these days. But ultimately, he's telling Joe Biden to federalize the Texas National Guard. He says it's possible that there's some legal groundwork to all of this. Uh, Wait, is this something that you've heard of before? Because he kind of caught me off guard with this argument. I haven't heard this one yet. Yes, we anticipated that the Biden administration might do this. And we've laid out, I have another tweet out there that walks through how the state of Texas can combat this. Um, I'd need the constitution in front of me. Uh, there's there, uh, and, and the statute, the relevant statutes in front of me, actually, there's three conditions in which a president can overrule a governor and federalize the national guard against the wishes of a governor. The interesting thing, part of this is one of those is that there has to be an invasion. So in other words, Biden would have to admit that there's an invasion at our border, which justifies then what Governor Abbott is doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that puts them kind of in a catch-22. There has to be, you know, there's other conditions that can be met, like they don't have enough personnel to enforce the law. Well, they do. Uh, They're just not, they're intentionally not enforcing the law. And then there's, you know, another clause, and, and none of them actually are satisfied. So we would encourage Governor Abbott and the state of Texas to ask uh, the president under what grounds is he federalizing? Because if he's saying there's an invasion, then they've kind of, they're going to catch 22 at the federal level at that point. Uh, and, and if it's another reason, I don't think that they'll, that, that will withstand actual scrutiny. And then if it's on those grounds, I think that the state of Texas should sue. But I think the state of Texas is in a really good position to resist the federalization of the national, of their national guard units and also make Biden kind of have to admit that there's a problem on the border in the middle. So because it all pertains to securing the country and either way, no matter how you slice it, Biden's going to have to admit that there's a monumental problem on the border, which they've been unwilling and and resistant to do so, so far. Yeah, I think it's interesting that he's changed. I mean, if you look back at, at old sound bites of him previously from years ago when he had, you know, when he was saying, I guess I'd say, uh, he used to be against these types of things. And it's also strange because, you know, former President Barack Obama deported the most illegal immigrants, 3 million during his time in the White House. I want to play this clip from Joe Biden back in 2007, because I think it's telling. It's him pretty much being honest about the word sanctuary cities, the term sanctuary cities and what it actually means here in the United States. So we're going to play this clip and I'm going to get your reaction on the other side of it. Would you allow these cities to ignore the federal law regarding the reporting of illegal immigrants and, in fact, provide sanctuary to these immigrants? The reason the cities ignore the federal law is the fact that there is no funding at the federal level to provide for the kind of enforcement at the federal level you need. Pick up the New York Times today. There's a city not far across the river from my state that imposed the similar sanctions. And what they found out is, as a consequence of that, their city went in the dumps, in, in, in the dumpster. Stores started closing. Everything started to happen. And they changed the policy. Part of the problem is you have to have a federal government that can enforce laws. This administration has been fundamentally derelict in not funding any of the requirements that are needed even to enforce the existing law. So, Senator Biden, yes or no, would you allow the cities to ignore the federal law? No. Okay. Oh, how times have changed because he ignores federal law all the time. Your reaction to that clip? Well, I mean, this shows you just how radical the left has become. Joe Biden and most of the modern Republican Party has shifted way left 
Uh, and then in that, that vacuum, you've seen most of the Republican Senate has moved into being basically liberal, uh, moderate Repo- uh, Democrats. And, and they sound like Joe, what Joe Biden sounded like 20, 30 years ago. They say the right things, uh, but they're not actually going to like stand up and fight for it. And, uh, you know, it shows you the entire shift. And we need Republicans to stand up, conservatives to stand up and actually push back against this administration and not just try to become Democrat light. Uh, but, uh, you know, who do you have a negotiating partner with when there's no longer this uh, last vestige of what you would consider conservative Democrats? The entire Democrat Party has become woke. They're all uh, woke uh, uh, Marxists and they, they have no interest in actually having an honest conversation about securing the border. So this is why I think, uh, you know, there, and by the way, there's not even the pretense of trying to fix the border. They don't want to fix the border. They intentionally want to have it wide open. They intentionally want to have millions of people who have co- to come here who do not believe in the founding of the United States, who are not educated and steeped in its traditions and values and mores. Uh, they want them to come here to remake the political landscape of this country. Uh, and by the way, it's not a controversial thing to say that because they admit this. They admit this all the time that that's what they're trying to do here. Uh, and so th- th- they're bringing people with a different political ideology. It's not about race or sex. Uh, it's about it, people with different political ideology. And so we, are, we exist in this political environment where Republicans think that they're going to make deals with Democrats. They're not. And so this is why states have to stand up boldly and actually resist the actions of the Biden administration and do so with novel ideas of, and, and using constitutional authorities. Uh, you know, red state stronghold policies, as, as I call them, and think of ways to start pushing back and actually creating moments like we're in right now, where you have a state creating a, a point of friction with the federal government. And it's a little bit of a standoff. And, and this is a, not a war. We're not on the precipice of a civil war, but we are on the precipice of states reasserting their authority and standing together and telling the federal government to go pound sand. That they're going to do what they need to do to secure their own borders and their own communities, especially when the president of the United States will not. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's why this is so important for states like Texas to hold their ground and to get the support of other states too as well. I want to jump into a story that we've been covering for a couple of weeks now. It's really caught our audience's attention. And uh, just recently, Senator Blackburn, Marsha Blackburn, has actually sent a letter to Veterans Affairs regarding this story. It's regarding illegal immigrants getting services from the VA. Now, as, a, as outrageous as that sounds, it seems like it's true. The VA claims it's just they're helping other a- agencies like DHS and ICE get reimbursements for medical services regarding these illegals. But that was not the original report that Fox put out there. They were saying that they were getting like actual services. So although the VA is kind of downplaying it, a lot of our U.S. senators are deeply concerned. I want to play a soundbite from uh, uh, U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville. He was on our show earlier this week, and he's put forward a piece of legislation that would put an end to all of this. So let's take a listen. Committee. We have spent billions of dollars trying to help the veterans. We have 19 million veterans as we speak in our country. We can only treat 9 or 10 million because we don't have the facilities. So what we've done is we, in the rural areas, we put what we call community care systems out in the rural areas where if you're a veteran and you have something wrong with you, you don't have to drive three hours to a VA. And so it's, a best, and it's the right thing to do. We need to take care of our veterans. Well, 
just because Joe Biden said he's president and he, by executive order, he says, hey, we need to help these illegals. Uh, so we've got these new community care systems. Let's just let them use it. Let's let them, let's treat uh, uh, these uh, illegals with health care. So what happened? It kicked the veterans at the back of the line. The lines are just as long again. It's wrong. The American people need to know this. We're going to keep harping about this. But I've got this bill that Schumer won't bring to the floor saying, hey, don't spend money on illegal health care and take veterans and kick them to the back of the line. It's wrong. And It's wrong. It's a great piece of legislation. But unfortunately, like he stated, Chuck Schumer won't let that make its way to the floor. Is there anything Republicans can do to kind of put an end to this, do you think? Or do you think we're just going to have to deal with the fact that our VA, which is already hard to get medical services from, are now going to have to also service uh, illegals as well? Well, this is why Speaker Johnson needs to use our uh, spending uh, uh, opportunities as leverage points to push policy riders through. And so far, unfortunately, uh, Speaker Johnson has essentially given Democrats the easiest path forward, um, not use them to really uh, uh, as leverage to secure any s- significant policy wins. We will have an NDAA process. Uh, the House would be wise to make sure that their NDAA uh, baseline bill has language preventing uh, you know, uh, the expenditure of money uh, uh, for this respect. And then as we're going through, you know, next year's uh, spending process, uh, the appropriations process, uh, you know, the, the funding authorities are up in March. Uh, at that point, we will have another spending fight uh, and there's going to be a conversation about how to fund the government for the rest of the year. Are they going to do a long-term CR? Are they going to do a short-term CR? All of these are leverage points to either secure the border uh, fix the VA, uh, 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 defund woke and weaponized bureaucracies. They need to do all of this. And uh, it's important that Speaker Johnson get serious about using this uh, uh, to, to fix these types of problems. But, you know, the, the, the left is going to say that it's not happening. I tend to believe that it probably is happening. And I, I'd like to see more reporting and more FOIAs to get information on what's going on here. We know at the very least they're sharing a payment system. Uh, uh, but look, we have an unprecedented amount of people coming across this border uh, the Biden administration is going to become increasingly desperate to figure out how to provide health care for all of these people in, in ways that communities can't because they're overrun, uh, that the private health care system increasingly is, is, is unable to provide and existing, uh, you know, government funded uh, hospitals uh, aren't going to be able to provide. And so, of course, it will be only natural at some point, even if it's not happening right now, which I do think it is, uh, that they're going to start looking at the VA and saying, hey, we have excess capacity here uh, and, and waiting rooms and, and, and minor emergency rooms, and let's see if we can get them healthcare there. That's an inevitability at the very least. So it makes sense to start pushing on this right now. And look, you know, my response to the left would be if they're saying that this isn't occurring, then then what's the harm in passing legislation to make sure that it doesn't occur? Okay. Because if you're saying it doesn't happen, then we should have everyone co-sponsor this bill and pass it. And Speaker Johnson should put them on their heels and force them in, in dynamics where this has to happen. And we force a vote on it on a consequential piece of legislation that requires uh, otherwise Democrat support. Because otherwise, if you get a show vote, let's just say that they just put up a a standalone bill on this. You might get some Democrats to support it, you might not, but it's going to go nowhere because there's no leverage behind it and or reason otherwise for the Senate and the president to take it up. 
you have to attach these things to, to spending bills or other must, piece, uh, must, must pass pieces of legislation. And so far, again, Speaker Johnson has been surrendering all of these leverage points to the Democrats and letting them off the hook. Yeah, yeah. Speaker Johnson has been a major disappointment. I know when I try to reach out to his office, it's 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 not going well. And it's it's so strange because I had high hopes for him. So I really hope he turns this around. We really need him in this right now. Wade Miller, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for everything CRA does. We really appreciate it. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm going to say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliottphd.com slash Brianna. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, Make sure you share this content with them.